At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following podcast is a production of the Factual Data Creations Facility. Welcome to the OFNT Podcast, episode 158, which I'm calling Spring Has Apparently Sprung. As usual, I'm starting off with some tech news. Unfortunately, the layoffs have continued in the tech world as Amazon announced the layoffs of a further 9,000 employees. And yet they keep telling us that this economy is the best since the end of World War II. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. The pandemic lockdowns were a boon for companies like Amazon and the tech industry as a whole. But as life has returned to a semblance of normal, all those new hires have become redundant. Now the tech industry seems to be pruning mid-level management as interest rates go up while demand continues to fall. China-based Amazon competitor, the online shopping app Timu, which made a splash with their Super Bowl ad, has been suspended from Google's Play Store. That was after the discovery of malware within the app. Well, I'm sure the problem will be rectified quickly and Timu will be returning to the Play Store pronto. Me? I prefer buying my Chinese manufactured items from a company located in the good old USA. You know, I'm kind of patriotic that way. <laughs> The Federal Communications Commission, better known as the FCC, has mandated that telecommunication companies must block scam text messages from reaching their customers. Yay! These companies seem to, at least in my case, to have gotten a handle on scam calls as I haven't received any car warranty calls recently. Knock on wood. Every now and then, I do receive some sort of scam text message, but the quantity doesn't even approach the number of scam calls I used to get. Seems to me that the FCC is getting proactive instead of reactive, which is, in my opinion, a good thing. <laughs> Leaks of the upcoming Google Pixel tablet have finally started appearing on the intertubes. 
the hardware looks like, well, a tablet with thin bezels and a camera mounted correctly on one of the long sides. It resembles the new iPad regular. I wish my latest edition iPad Pro had its camera mounted in the same position. 9to5google.com has dug into the source code of the Google Home app and has found that the Pixel tablet can be put into a hub mode when it's placed on a dock with the capability to beam content to its screen a la Chromecast. I would assume when combined with a dock, the Pixel tablet will mimic a Google Nest. There are supposedly two separate docks that will be available. One is already described and the other will work like a smart speaker. I guess we'll just have to wait a month or so until Google I.O. to get all the details. If you signed up for the $20 per month Chat GPT Plus subscription, you might want to closely check your credit card statements going forward. Why? Because ChatGPT apparently shared your account details with fellow users between 1 and 10 a.m. last Monday. According to the company, this was caused by a server error. We're not off to a good start concerning privacy, are we now? Engadget.com had the following headline on their website last Friday. Is Google Bard drunk? Yeah, for some reason, I don't imagine the website had a good experience playing with the ChatGPT competitor. The headline was a teaser for Engadget's podcast, which I haven't listened to since Nile Patel was hosting it, and I'm not going to start listening to it now. The podfather, Adam Curry, had a play with it and said that Bard brought up incorrect information and seems to gather his info from sources like Wikipedia which can be edited by just about anybody. He also wondered if using other websites for its responses wouldn't be some sort of copyright violation. So, it seems to me that artificial intelligence is not ready for prime time, and I'm fine with that. If you currently possess a coveted blue checkmark on Twitter, unless you pony up some cash for a Twitter blue subscription, You'll be losing that badge of honor on the 1st of April. Yeah, I can already hear the collective wailing and gnashing of teeth of the self-appointed Twitter elites from around the world upon finding out about this deadline. Under the old management, you had to be a world leader, politician, celebrity, or have someone inside the social media platform who would award you the blue check mark for a nominal service charge, rumored to be in the thousands of dollars in some instances. Well, I wouldn't take it personally. New owner Elon Musk has already stated his future plans for Twitter, and that is to turn Twitter into a super app, modeled after China's WeChat. The blue subscription will not only be a way to verify your identity, but also get your financials on file. The better to charge you for various transactions in the future, my dearies. Congressional hearings concerning the threatened banning of the Chinese social media app TikTok were held last week on Capitol Hill. The CEO of TikTok, a Mr. Chow, valiantly tried to defend his company but seemed to be overmatched by a Congress who has all but made up their minds to ban the app. I'll say one thing for Mr. Chow. He seemed to be honest. He admitted that employees at parent company ByteDance had accessed U.S. user data but promised it wouldn't happen again. 
While I believe he was sincere in that promise, I feel it's all out of his control. And to put the icing on the banning cake, the Chinese Communist Party announced it was taking a stake in ByteDance and placing representatives on the company's board of directors. Ouch. In my opinion, unless TikTok is sold to a U.S.-based entity, it's just a matter of time before the app is banned in this country. Now, there were a few members of the House of Representatives who demonstrated in support of TikTok, but it was found out that ByteDance had, quote, donated, unquote, millions of dollars towards the politicians' foundations. Let's pour one out for Mr. Gordon Moore, co-founder and former CEO of Chipmaker Intel and inventor of Moore's Law, in which he observed that the number of transistors within CPU chips doubles every two years. He was 94 years old. Godspeed, Mr. Moore. You know, if it wasn't for you and your contributions to computing... We'd all be probably using dumb terminals or Chromebooks to access the internet. Godspeed. Tech I'm using. I have no new tech to relish over this week, and there's nothing on the tech horizon either. All the tech in my possession is working as it should, and I'm satisfied. Well, as satisfied as an old fart like myself can be. <laughs> The only weak link has been my aging 2015 iMac, which, while working, does so at an increasingly slower pace than it has in the past. Also, some software I have doesn't work properly on the machine, which I'll describe in the podcasting section later. Don't worry about me, though, because I'm saving my shekels for a Mac Mini, which I should be able to purchase this fall. The only big decision left to make is one 32-inch monitor or two 27-inch monitors. Eh, decisions, decisions. I can also tell you that I'm completely comfortable using Apple Pages over Microsoft's Word these days, though I would like to still have the full version of the video conferencing app Teams, but I'm not willing to re-up on a monthly Office 365 subscription. After all... I'm on a fixed income these days. <laughs> Entertainment news. My son and I had the pleasure of going to the movie theater and seeing John Wick Chapter 4 last Thursday. We both agreed that it was the best movie of the franchise, with critics as well as fellow moviegoers seemingly agreeing with us. Though the movie was almost three hours long, we found ourselves engaged throughout. The only time I checked my Apple Watch was when it was telling me it was time to stand, which I ignored. I'm not going to give out any details of the flick, no spoilers from this kid, but I can tell you that if you're a fan of action movies, you won't find anything better. John Wick Chapter 4 is predicted to break all sorts of box office records, which goes to show you that a movie which features a good story with a strong male leading character, and with no agenda to impart, could actually make some money. Are you listening, Hollywood? No! Now it looks like I'll be renewing my Peacock Screaming subscription after all. 
Currently, I watch exactly one show on it, but after enjoying the latest John Wick movie so much, I'll have to hang on in there. Why? Because come this fall, Peacock is launching an original series which revolves around the Continental Hotel, which is featured in the Wick movies. The series is going to be a prequel set in the 1970s, which was a decade I lived through in New York, where the fictional Continental Hotel is located. I'm looking forward to watching it, and I hope my lovely wife likes it as well, because if she's happy, I'm happy too. And if she's not happy, well, you can guess the results. Newsmax, a right-leaning news network that had been targeted and successfully canceled from the DirecTV service a couple of months ago by what I call the new fascists, is back. That's not like I watch Newsmax, but it's good to have a different opinion available to counter the corporate media agenda. And yes, I consider Fox News as part of said corporate media. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Podcast News. National Public Radio, or NPR as it's commonly referred to, which is partially funded by U.S. taxpayers, I'll have you know, has laid off 10% of its workforce and canceled four podcasts from the company's large stable of shows. Back in what I like to remember as being the day, which in this case was the early 90s, I would listen to NPR news programs on my car's radio while going to and from work. Back then, I considered NPR reporting to be informative and balanced. Unfortunately, NPR gets most of its funding these days from major corporations, Pfizer just being one of them. So, of course, in order to please their sugar daddies, they've got to toe the corporate line, just like the competing mainstream media outlets. NPR has to pay for those expensive, as in at least $3,500 Neumann U87 microphones somehow, so layoffs and cancellations are par for the course. I hope NPR uses some of the savings of these layoffs to buy themselves some DSers. If you've listened to any of their podcasts or radio programs lately, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. Anyway, it's unfortunate for the people who 
now find themselves unemployed, but NPR really had too many podcasts. Last month, I purchased an audio plugin called Clarity VX, which is made by a company called Waves. I made the purchase after watching demonstrations and reviews on YouTube. Clarity VX is a software version of what's called a noise gate, which will cut out unwanted noise from your recording space. Currently, I have a DBX channel strip, which does that for me now, but I have dreams of one day getting rid of all the old analog hardware I use and going completely digital for recording this podcast. Because of my old iMac with its old Intel i5 processor, the plug-in does not function properly, cutting none of the intrusive noise from my recordings. Am I surprised? No. Am I disappointed? You bet. While the rate of new, big-moneyed, celebrity-hosted podcasts being released has slowed down dramatically since the lifting of the COVID restrictions, which caused the bottom to fall out of the corporate podcasting business, there has been an explosion of YouTube channels which call themselves podcasts. Most have the same things in common. They all feature Sure SM7B microphones. I guess you're just not a real podcaster if you use anything else. All the hosts talk about are other, I guess, competing podcasts or other YouTube, dare I say, influencers. Once the domain of only stand-up comedians, these new podcast warriors are usually chaired by people you've never heard of. They all seem to want attention for this show and, more importantly, themselves. And calling out and fighting with rivals is the way they are trying to accomplish this goal. I figure these upstarts are trying to emulate the old shock jock radio wars of yore. The difference being that most of those radio wars were done in jest, weren't as mean-spirited, and calling out or talking crap about other shows wasn't the only topic discussed. It must be a winning formula, judging by the sheer number of new shows debuting each week. I'm already sick of this, and I wager that most of these nouveau podcast audiences will soon be too. You know, if your show is not distributed by an RSS feed, you're not a real podcast. If you don't believe me, look up the definition of a podcast yourself. Yes, it's story time again. This week brings part two of Straight Out of Little Compton. I hope you enjoy. Last episode, I left a story off at buying a beer for an old, incomprehensible World War II veteran named Lou. My friend Rick and I seemingly broke the ice with the locals at the village of Little Compton's one and only pub, the Red Lion, with that small gesture. We still weren't made to feel that welcome, but our existence was now begrudgingly acknowledged. Over the next couple of weeks, we went to the Red Lion a few nights here and there, always making a point of buying old Lou a beer at least once during our visits. And then it happened. My friend Rick, four years older and stocked with much more than I in the way of social skills and confidence, was approached by a local young woman named Pauline, who never attended the Red Lion alone. She was always accompanied with her mother. No father was ever in evidence. They quickly got into a conversation, so I 
took my cue and left the two alone. In my experience, especially in the military, it's always been the women who tend to break the ice and make first contact with strangers, be it in new employment, towns, or even countries. I was invited to sit down at a table with a young woman who introduced herself to me as Sally. She was nervous and I was awkward as ever, so the conversation between us went nowhere. We were both rescued from this situation by an older gentleman whose name I unfortunately can't recall. He challenged me to a game of darts. Well, there really was no challenge for him, as he promptly dispatched me in what must have been record time. I had never played a proper game of darts in my life, and it showed. Sympathetic, the man suggested we keep playing so he could show me the ropes. And just like that, Rick and I were in. While Rick's attention in those early days was dedicated to his new friend Pauline, my attention went towards the dartboard. I got better under my new acquaintance's tutorage, but I never got that good, much less great at darts. Between turns, I'd sit with Sally, with whom I shared bouts of silence with, until one evening we were joined by a couple named Fred and Julie. They were both around my age, and Julie was a stunner, tallish and thin with an oval face, large blue eyes, and brown hair. Fred was short and stocky with a mop of unkempt blonde hair. Fred had definitely punched way above his weight class with Julie, and I'm sure he knew it. Now, I knew Fred wasn't local as soon as he spoke. That was because I couldn't understand a single word he was saying, which is strange, because we were both speaking, or at least attempting to speak, English. Julie, who was the quiet type, would often translate what Fred was saying to me. Fred was my gateway to what's called a Cockney accent. The funny thing is, sometimes Julie had to translate what I was saying to Fred. And so Rick and I settled in for a year, and we would split our time between hanging out at the Red Lion and the city of Oxford. When our rental lease expired, we decided to move to Oxford, well, actually outside the city proper to a village called Horsepath, which I understand has become a wealthy neighborhood these days. We were lured to Oxford because, being a college town, Oxford had more venues to attend, more food options, and, of course, many, many more women. The locals at the Red Lion were sad to see us go. Rick and I didn't forget them, though. Before we left England, we both saved up our liquor rations for months in order to throw a farewell party for ourselves, with the permission of host Kay and Lionel, of course. I showed up for the party stag as usual, while Rick showed up with his new girlfriend, which must have been awkward for poor Pauline. The cheap champagne and American lager beer flowed, and a good time was had by all. I'll never forget my time in Little Compton, the Red Lion, and the United Kingdom. I really enjoyed the people who accepted us two lowly GIs into their lives. There is a postscript to the story. Rick actually visited England a few years back and made it to Little Compton. Our now old house was walled in with the petrol station long gone, replaced with a municipal parking lot or something like that. To Rick's horror, the Red Lion, while still there, had been modernized. There were no longer a dartboard and all the people we had known there were gone. The hosts, Kay and Lionel, had just retired to Spain a couple of years before. There was no word of Sally, Fred, Julie, Pauline, or her mother. As the day slips into tomorrow, this episode has decided to end in sympathy with the day. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it for you. If you like what you heard, you can make a donation using the link in the show notes. 
you'd be doing me a favor. Any and all donations will be appreciated. You can always reach me at OFNTPodcast at gmail.com if you're so inclined. I'd enjoy hearing from you. Remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. It's been a beautiful spring-like day and the night promises to be just as mild. So why don't you enjoy it while you can? But first, get off my lawn. Stay skeptical. I'm out. See you next time. Bye. time inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.